the I will be challenging KJ to heads up contests. Scales. Yeah. Has he just We're doing the show? <laughs> they've they've changed it so that it scales. Uh oh. What's he looking at? I don't know. They've changed it so that it scales to how many people that actually register. So you don't have they to make. Finally yeah, fix that. I put that on every user survey that they had. So what is it that you're referring to? Pronouns, pal. <laughs> what pronoun does our league identify? By? Yeah. Um, Feel no, free to so ask gonna, questions. I think what we decided before. So the show starting now. Okay. So before the show started, we decided we're going to invite KJ to our DraftKings league. Have so you given him advice like? There's a guy yeah. named Chipotle Addict that likes to play heads up. Just <laughs> just challenge him. Play <laughs> nobody fun. but Chipotle Addict and Awesomeo. <laughs> You'll do great. Awesomeo. So Get welcome to guy. episode 95 of Tell Me Where to Turn. Ooh. If I'd like if if you'd like me to describe episode 95, uh, here's how I describe it. It tries hard, but it oddly has gotten dehydrated and can't figure out how to get rehydrated. So I've put that one over both your heads, huh? Yeah, what are you talking about? Wow, you guys have not been following the news at all, have you? Tries hard. Tries hard, gets dehydrated, can't figure out how to get rehydrated, so eventually just quits. Hmm. Nothing, huh? Neither Mm -hmm. one? Did you hear about Casey Kane? He had to step out of the 95 because he's gotten some kind of strange neurological issue that causes his body to rapidly dehydrate. And they think it's a result maybe of like head trauma or something, you know, something going on. But he got dehydrated in Darlington and it was the third or fourth time it's happened to him. And he's gone to see a doctor now and they've said that he cannot race anymore until they figure out what is causing this. Are you bringing this up because this is episode 95? No, I just thought I just thought I would tell you guys And about that's it. his number? Good grief. That's kind of his bit, Glenn. I don't know if you've Have been you around to, for the I'm going to turn this TV off is uh-uh. what I'm going to do. Um, you know, NASCAR once had a guy who missed a bunch of races due to a motorcycle accident. And then like two weeks later, he died of AIDS. So are we sure? Are we talking about Tim Richmond? Oh, yeah. Okay. Tommy Gunn Morris drove NASCAR. <laughs> Tim Richmond. Yeah, he had, uh, he had a motorcycle accident. He had a bad case of bronchitis. I forgot what other fake excuses they came up with because they were scared to say he had AIDS. It was kind of a not as PC as it is now. I'll tell you what, though. That ESPN 30 for 30 about him, go watch it. I don't, You've seen it. I, oh, yeah, I have seen it. I was going to say, that's been, been out for a while. Oh, yeah, a long yeah, time. That was, that it's, was a, it's awesome. Was that in the original 30, perhaps? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, that's so that has been a while. But yeah, no, I, I this Casey Kane thing has really got me bugged because apparently it would be like if you went to your basketball game tonight and just as soon as you started working up any kind of an, you know, heart rate thing, you just got completely dehydrated like you couldn't stop yourself. Can I ask you a question? Where are the fluids going to make him dehydrated? Good question. Is sweat pee? Yeah, he can't he can't retain any water. They said so that he's he, like just immediately sweating it out. Yeah, he sweats it out and then he drinks and it comes out faster than he can put it in. So, well, I mean, <laughs> I have to go back and diagram that sentence. We've all been there. So you think he's ripped because he's not holding in any water whatsoever? So he's just like... Well, they did say that he was in amazing physical shape. Just as lean as lean as you possibly can be is in the morning when you're totally dehydrated. He's like that, but... 
Just look at the vascularity. <laughs> so the man has brain damage, but go ahead, keep up with your jokes. I want to uh, hear more. I about just didn't this. know. Did he ever play center for the Cowboys? Is that how he got this? Or twenty-eight seven Bengals. Yeah, I don't think this is going under, buddy. Yeah, how's Bengals plus one and a half looking? We is that covering right now? I'm not great at math. Here's here's what I didn't tweet earlier tonight. Got a feeling Andy Dalton's gonna. Have one of those bad primetime games. That's what I didn't tweet tonight, but I was going to. Well, at least you didn't say it in the podcast. Yeah. I made listens anyway. I'll tell you what. We had our most listened to episode three episodes ago, out of nowhere. What was it about? I don't even remember. It was okay. episode 92. <laughs> I was about to say, I hope our most listened to wasn't last episode. <laughs> now you I couldn't even listen to it. I tried to, and I was, I was just I put on something else. Just My curiosity the, is completely peaked. So this is Tell Me Where to Turn. Flipped over to the fan. Oh, and uh, <laughs> you can find the show at Where to Turn Pod. On Twitter. You can find me at Glenn3 underscore 11. You can find me at Tommy2 underscore 0. And you can find me at Point Break underscore Dave. But yeah, I was in the, uh, the old SoundCloud account just doing some maintenance I was looking at some of our stats and our, you know, our core audience has been pretty stable throughout the duration of our show. And we love all of you. But I was trying to figure out if I did something and how I tagged an episode or categorized well, an episode that caused the view count to go way I mean, up. If they're picking up on the description, it's got keywords. It has Pearl Jam, WWE, and SummerSlam in it. So maybe that. Uh, so maybe that's what did it. All right. So this is what we do. So let's recap SummerSlam every episode. <laughs> no, just every episode. Put in the descriptor and just put at the end, Pearl Jam, WWE, and then whatever the next pay-per-view is. Well, it reminds me of some advice I got at the racetrack one time. Um, I'm going to paraphrase this slightly because we are a faith-based podcast. But a long, long, long time ago, I had made a website for our family racing team. And this was in the infancy of the World Wide Web. This is back when... Um, AOL was the dominant force. Do you like websites? I do. Okay. And uh, I made a web- website for the family racing team, and a big big uh, guy at the track came over, and he told me, he said, hey, you know how to get more traffic to that website of yours? And I said, what? And he said, and this is back, uh, this is back when you submitted your website to a search engine, and you wrote the description mm-hmm. of it. They didn't. There was no crawling or indexing. You you submitted. He said, "Just put in the description that your website has a lot of dirty pictures." <laughs> he used a different word than dirty pictures. <laughs> I will not repeat now. It was more anatomical. Oh, it was. <laughs> and he said, "Yeah, you put that in the description, and everybody will click on it because they'll think that's what it is, and then you'll get more visitors." It's not the worst advice I've ever I was heard. Say, and now we we're going to have the podcast version of that coming up soon. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Tommy, would you like to start us off? I know you have a hot segment that only you and Mike Hernandez will listen to. That's right. I, I'm, this is going to be the third week in a row we've rolled this out. I'm going to get an intro song for this, too. I think the master's theme would work right <laughs> here perfectly. This is what we're going to call Things Only Tommy Cares About. And yes, this week it's going to be about golf. <laughs> This segment's going to be about golf. I've got some big news for you two gentlemen. Why is Woody from Toy Story's hat sitting in the middle of the floor? Does that look like the floor? That, that looks that like it's squarely chair. placed in a chair to me. It's close enough. 
Gentlemen, between the last time we were together and this week, 80, has, man. 80 has been cracked. 80 or AD? 8-0 has been cracked. We have shot our first round in the 70s. Wow. So we went from... Dave's when, not really impressed. We went from when we started this podcast on episode one, you and I were going to play what would have been my second round of golf ever in my entire life, and it rained, to 95 episodes later, I have shot a round in the 70s. You have. So I want to tell you about the 18th hole. <laughs> shot by shot. Okay. No, I was playing with a couple of friends uh, at the club, and the club is a par, se- or a uh, yeah, it's a par seventy. So that's your first asterisk. It only has two par fives. Most golf courses are par seventy twos. So that essentially gives me two strokes leeway yeah. to break eighty. Still, Still an impressive all. feat, but yeah. we will add that asterisk. Now on the. Tommy favorable side, the club course is rated very difficult on the slope rating scale. That's a golf term, if anybody's asking. It's it's not the hardest course in the world, but... It's ranked high because it has very tight out-of-bounds lines. Yeah. So... While the length of the course and some of the you know some of the shots you have to make aren't necessarily difficult, the uh, course is rated very high because there's a lot of holes where if you're off right or left, you're out of bounds and you're taking a penalty. I feel like they're a lot of trees. I've only played there t- a couple times, but I feel like the par threes are very manageable if you're just striking the ball well. Yes, if you're striking the ball well. Now they're long, so there's two. But the, it's all straight. Yeah, two of the par threes are, are right at 200 yards, but they're dead straight, and yeah. the greens are huge. So yeah. again, striking the ball well, things are things are going good. So I was playing with a couple guys uh, that I play with a lot. One of them's a really good golfer. He's a three handicap, so he's he's routinely under 80. And the other guy's essentially my speed. So we decided uh, we were going to have a little three way match play for some money. And uh, the the better golfer was going to give us some strokes on the harder holes, so we start playing, and, it, and we're playing for it's low stakes. We're having fun, and I notice, you know, I notice pretty early on. I'm like, oh my gosh, we're on the sixth hole, and I'm one under par, which is insane. Like this is this is not how it typically goes for me. And uh, when we made the turn, I was I think I was one over. I kind of had a little blow up on the ninth hole, um, but still way ahead of where I should be. So. You know, I was trying to trying to be relaxed and have fun and, and was doing good in our match. We were playing match play, you know, hole to hole. So was trying to, you know, just trying to stay relaxed. When we get we get to about the 16th hole and I'm looking at my scorecard and that's when I'm starting to realize, like, there's a very good chance I'm going to break 80. Doing the math. So I'm doing the math. Um, the 17th hole is a is a par three, which you it's a 205 yard par three, which is a Oh, uh, yes. Easy oh, hole, know. but a kryptonite hole for me. It's my worst hole on the course. Very familiar. There's a, there, well, it's a tree tunnel. We had a whole episode about the yeah. tree tunnel. But I, uh, I get through the tree tunnel. I, uh, I think I made a bogey on that hole. So I walk up into the tee box on 18, and uh, my scorecard says 74. So I now have to just get out of here with a five or less, and I've broken 80. So 18 is kind of one of those holes where if you're feeling aggressive, you can pull the driver out and try to cut the corner on some trees. And if you mess up by hitting it too far left, you're in the water, out of bounds. If you hit it too far right, you're either on the driving range or buried in a forest. 
So I'm not going to take any risk because this is my chance. So I just grabbed the old four iron and hit the ball straight down the right edge. I see it bounce. I see it kind of by one of the bigger trees kind of rolling there. And it's a perfect shot. It's, uh, it's not it's not going to leave me necessarily a great second shot, but if I, my goal is to make five, this is perfect because I'm a little bit further out with my second shot, but I'm perfect. So the other two guys hit, we jump in the carts, we go down and I drive to where my ball is and it's not there. Uh Oh Oh no, it's gone. And I'm, I'm kind of looking at all these trees. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It was by this tree. I know this is where it was. Um, so we're driving around and, the, and these guys like, you know, they're they're pretty strict by the rule book guys and they're like well you know you're probably gonna have to go back and re-tee if your ball's lost and i'm like it's not lost like i saw where it landed it was inbounds it was to the left of the tree line it was you know between the the fairway and the trees i i didn't hit it out of bounds you know and they're going like oh you sure it wasn't in the trees and like no i'm i'm sure but this is my chance to break 80 and now i'm gonna have to go back and take a penalty and re-tee which is 80 shot right well just then a guy comes over that had been playing on the other other hole, which I believe is number 10 going the other way. He goes, hey, one of you guys hitting a Titleist with a pink dot on it? That's the least <laughs> surprising thing I've heard in this episode. No. And Did I he said, pick up your ball? Yeah. So he was just cruising around, sees, his, sees the ball just laying there and picked it up and put it in his pocket. Like, oh. how is this possible? Yeah, you don't do that. Yeah. So we had a little quick confab and i said hey do you remember where the ball was he's like oh yeah i know exactly where it was or you know the, he points at the sand and the trees he's, he's right here and i said okay so which water hazard is he at the <laughs> bottom of right now <laughs> so i said you know what just go put the ball back where you picked it up and he said oh yeah i'm real sorry real sorry okay so he went and put it back and we played the rest of the hole out and i made put it in the hole <laughs> and i shot 75 yeah and i made an eagle no, and I ended up making a five in the hole and got my 79. So it's a 79 with an asterisk of that nonsense. But eh. what are the odds? So, you know, I've been playing for here for two years. This is the first chance I've ever even had to break 80. I've never even had a chance on the 18th. And a guy comes out, like, comes across a, a forest and picks up my ball right. while he's playing the other hole. Was like, what the, are the odds of that? Was the last putt, like, dramatic at all, or was it just a tag? Actually, the, the, la- the last putt was less than six inches. <laughs> And I know. Well, <laughs> if anybody knows about that, it's Konnichiwa. me. <laughs> wow. So yeah, my uh, I I, um, I chipped I chipped up pretty close, and then thought I had a pretty reasonable chance to make a par putt, and and was not going to burn it past the hole. Like I was like, again, I'm in make a five mode, and just rolled it right up to the lip and stopped it there, and then yeah. and then yeah, essentially just one handed it in for five. So, well, it's. Pretty impressive, because in two and a half years, you've literally knocked about 40 strokes off your score. That's right. Next stop, web.com tour. Uh, Probably (laughs) tap the brakes, unless they keep letting you play the exact same course every (laughs) single week. I did look at my app, and I've played that course now 68 times. Yeah. So the 68th time of playing the exact same course. You got a handle on it. Finally got a handle on it. That helps you for sure. Oh yeah, because because at this point, there's not too many putts I haven't at least seen somebody do or done myself before, and I know all the all the local rules, you know about the you know on on number seven, 
the wrought iron fence, you know, you you look at the end of the fence and then the putt breaks that way. I mean, I know that all those, all those, all tricks the wrought iron there. fence. Got to watch out for I've it. Heard it once, I've heard it a thousand <laughs> times. Got to watch out for it. But thus concludes this week in things only Tommy cares about. I will spare you any fantasy football drama. Only other to say that our draft went fine and uh, we'll be starting our season uh, tonight, actually. Man. Dave, can you pull this out of the gutter? I can try. With a long pause? <laughs> Yesterday, my four-year-old... I think Dave just had a stroke. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I should say something about a botched robbery here. <laughs> Fifth base. Fifth base or fourth base? He just went clear right in front of us. Um, four-year-old asked me, what was 9-11? Oh. That... <laughs> that a conversation you expect to have already? Okay, man. Hashtag never forget. Yeah, driving around with my two kids are four and six, noticing a lot of flags and different you know strip malls and that kind of thing that usually aren't there lining neighborhoods, and then noticing like the flagpoles, the normal flagpoles are at half mass. True. Which I think. I don't know if it was McCain or something else, but the six-year-old asked about that already. So we were like, oh, you know, that's a that's a sign of, you know, when someone dies or there's some tragedy. It's like a, whatever, a symbol of mourning. So it's the, man, there's a lot of flags. Why are the flags at half-mass? Does this have to do with 9-11? Because they'd heard that on Just over and over. Yeah. I don't, like, think, I don't think mine, who's older than yours, knows that, what that is. Which then came with the, what, what is 9 on? So did you, uh, did you show them the picture of Ed McCaffrey's x-ray? Or? No. <laughs> I mean, I think you want to be open and honest with them. So, such a terrible bit. So how do you answer that question out of curiosity? Because I'll tell you sure this. You have to tell them what happened. There was a real brief moment because they started questioning the flags, right? And when they asked why it was half masked, because obviously I was aware of what day it was, I was this close to me like, you know, I don't know because I didn't <laughs> want to have that conversation. Like, that's a tough one. Um, yeah, but it's really, it's just such a weird, because you don't really, you can't really explain it. You're like, you know well, it was, you know, you know, whatever. It's been 17 years ago. Yeah, 17 years ago, there was a attack in in New York. And bad guys, bad guys. Well, why'd they attack us? Well, they you don't know. like us. And then, then they ask like weird questions, you know, just because they're inquisitive. Like, but you didn't tell them how, right? No. Okay, because I feel like that would be detrimental to, to you taking a, you taking oh, a yeah. vacation in the future. Yeah. No. I should have just like come up with things that like I don't like. <laughs> like, well, 9-11, they kept making these people ride the slow roller coasters at Six Flags. <laughs> they got really tired of it. In all, in all seriousness, though, did you tell them about our 9-11 episode? Yeah, I actually just queued that up. I feel <laughs> like I feel like if they really wanted to know what happened, like, that's a, uh, that's a good Glenn. place to start. <laughs> 
inebriated Uncle Glenn is going to tell you all about it. Yeah. So you're not going to believe this, but NASA has a headquarters in Cleveland. (laughs) But I was as surprised as you are, kids. Beyond that, also on the kid front, I've made my return to coaching soccer. Oh, okay. Oh, man, I thought we were going to have big news there for a second. I believe they're referred to as managers in the... uh, the beautiful game. And the, yes. And when you're you're not fired, you're sacked. That's true. That's true. That's true. No, but I had a epiphany that actually much of my childhood was training for coaching little kid soccer. And I, I think you guys may have shared a similar experience. I can tell you what trained us. Okay. We all spent... More than our fair share of hours playing Tecmo Super Bowl. Yes. Oh, yes. More than our share of days. It's not really hours. There was, and it it didn't happen often, but I know both of you will remember this. Occasionally, and it seemed to always happen at critical parts of the game. The guy returning a punt would just fumble for no reason. That would happen too. (laughs) But you would throw it to a wide open receiver and it would go like way up into the stands. <laughs> no, it was the oh. cut scene where it would hit him in the hands and be like, boom, oh. and it just bounce away. Yeah. The alligator, the T Rex arms, of course. That and being able to overcome something so bad happening for no reason. Like the soccer <laughs> game I was coaching, I kid you not, we had this girl. There's no one within 40 feet of her. She is two feet in front of a large soccer goal and just kicks it like completely horizontal <laughs> out of bounds. <laughs> and I was just like sitting there, like I've been trained to deal with just unbelievable things like this happening from Tecmo Super Bowl. The, I've seen this before. <laughs> Nobody move. I thought you were going to say that she just kept us running right into the goal. <laughs> she kept the ball with her. I would have taken that, that. That counts, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, oh man, it's like the most frustrating thing. Just you? And no, the, you have the, an assistant. We have, a, there's another coach. There's a co-coach. Yeah, that's, but this is, uh, it's still pretty young, so it's not, I assume there's probably no one that, that's real competitive about it at all. There's actually an, at least two other teams that like, Real competitive, like yeah. coaches screaming and really freaking out. They have actual practices. Oh yeah. Hey, we had practice today, but our practice was just like, hey, here's how you throw the ball in legally. <laughs> yeah, it's quite an experience for sure. You guys, I, I'm not currently coaching. I'm a bystander. I'm the parent that sits there and watches, and the coach is probably like. I wonder if this guy is really judging me, and I'm just sitting there like, how many more seconds do I have to stand here? I'm coaching baseball, but it's a it's been a couple years go a couple years going. Also a manager, technically. Oh no, I'm coach. I would I, if I didn't have to get up, I would show you my jersey that literally says coach. coach. Do you have the ID you have to wear around your neck at all times? Yeah, they sent an email out that they're being a little more uh, stringent about that in baseball this year because last year they had a, I guess they had a fight, but the, one of the guys that got in a fight wasn't wearing the ID badge, so he wasn't even supposed to be in the dugout. 
and he fought the other coach. So they're being real. They they sent an email that said that they're going to be very uh, strict in enforcing the the badge rule this year. The soccer league they won't let you like they're checking badges every game. Ever because pedophiles ruin everything. Whoa, man, that's shocking. Are you number sixty nine? <laughs> Everybody on our team is actually. <laughs> and then the real fat kids four twenty. <laughs> So we had a little extra space. Yeah, and then there's somebody else. He's 9-11 too soon since um, the last segment. <laughs> what is that? We did have, we did pick up one kid. You know, they it, by the time they get to be this age, if, you're, if your kid's good, you've already been recruited to a team or a select team. So when you go into the uh, – you know, we've kept the same team together since T-ball, but every year a kid or two drops off and you get into the general pool – of kids, and then you you get a kid that's never um, you know never played before as your free agent pickups. Mm-hmm. We got really lucky this year, so we got three new kids. Um, two of them uh, don't know where fifth base is. The other kid, get this, we had to go. We had to custom order a jersey that was big enough to fit him because he's so tall. Oh wow! Yeah, that's good. And let me let me tell you, uh, in batting practice Tuesday night. He can generate some torrent from that yeah. big frame. Very nice. <laughs> we might have got us a ringer, but his dad was standing there judging everything that went on. Oh. Yeah. I, I keep waiting for to get the call from him this week that's like, yeah, we're going to go ahead and find another team. Or here's a few tips. <laughs> here's some things maybe you can do. He didn't think our drill of having the kids skip around the bases was a good <laughs> idea. Just so is, he just like, is he big or is he just tall? No, he's very tall and lanky. Oh, he's not like a big country strong. No, no, but he, but he, um, you guys have probably seen this, but there's a kind of a certain age between six and eight where suddenly like coordination really kicks in and his is kicked in where I don't think anybody else is, has completely yet. But I mean, he looks like when he's throwing and catching, he has like the smoothness of like an actual athlete where Everybody else seems like they're still trying to think about exactly what they're doing. So, uh, yes, uh, we will be... There, did their tight end just catch he that? He did. Oh, my gosh. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Oh, no, that's not the guy I have. I have Boyle. I have Boyle, too. The other tight end yeah. that you've maxed out <laughs> points-wise in a very odd strategy. I was going to say, if that if that guy caught a touchdown, if Boyle caught a touchdown, we, we would be cooking. Hey... This I am is going uh, all right, though. Uh-oh. I'll have you know that I'm developing. currently in the top 200 overall out of the 10,000 with my lineup. In football? Yeah. Are you, are you making three figures no. on your payout? I'm winning. This, this guy over here oh, is. Yeah, I'm winning $10. This guy's winning 10 times that currently. In what's 29th in the extra innings. Oh. Oh, that's baseball. Yeah. Yeah, it's a manager, not a coach. True. Do you guys realize this time, not this time, in just a few short days from now, we are going to be at the American Airlines Center? Man, it's really snuck up on me. I'm so excited. As I was watching... It snuck up on you and put you in the Kohina car. It did. <laughs> um, as I was watching, I finished Raw last night, and I, you know, I've got it on the calendar. I know it's coming up, the date in Dallas. But as I'm watching it, all of a sudden, there's a promo that comes on says next week in Dallas and there's a picture of the undertaker looking back at me. Yes. And I just stood up <laughs> at attention. 
Like, this is unbelievable. I can't, what are the odds of this? Yeah, so la- oh, first of all, let's keep that on the down low for the younger member of our traveling party because he oh, didn't okay. see that. Um, but yeah, they they are doing some local promotion because they I think they haven't sold out yet. So they let it be known like, hey, folks, buy your tickets. The Undertaker will be there. Nice. <laughs> or you can just go to church and grapevine. Hey. If we get confirmation that's happening Sunday, I'm in. Which church is it? It's it's in Grapevine. It's the big fellowship church, but they have satellite campuses everywhere. But I think he'll be live at the that one. He's you would have live. to watch I'm it on TV if you went to one of the other ones. The satellite campuses. It's just the guy from last time we went to Raw that was dressed <laughs> as the Undertaker. Yeah. <laughs> so will he do an entrance at church? No. Because I heard well, when they I heard when they had Romo that they had cheerleaders there like cheering for him when he came down the aisles. I don't so think they do like bits. The, I don't think he'll do the full. You know, I think they'll play maybe just the very beginning of it. Like, think- I think he'll just walk up. He's not going to do, like, the all the way down the aisle and take, you know, three and a half minutes. You don't think he'll, like, come out to, like, a Jars of Clay song or something? No, not that either. So, anyway, this this church is doing a sermon series involved with a, with a wrestling theme. And they're having, is it, so it's it was Flair, The Undertaker, Sting, and Ted DiBiase, yes. right? And Flair is the big outlier in that quadrant. Right, and he's the one that we are betting is not... One was going to be like like a taped interview. Right. The others were going to be there in person. Yeah, I don't think you can trust Flair with the live mic. And he just got married yesterday, too, I think, or this week. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would have to be done... He might have, you know, he might have had one of those like near-death conversion things, but if it did, it's very recent because mm-hmm. Flair's known for a lot of things, but... It's not that. Yeah. Being being a prophetic about his faith is not one of them. Well, if we do get that confirmation, next week's episode is going to be very not a wrestling podcast intense. If we get to see The Undertaker twice in it's person, true. and it, one of them's at a church, it'll mix it'll mix the two biggest staples of the show: being faith based and not about wrestling. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and oh. it's like the morning service, right? It's normal. Oh, it's yeah. not like a Okay. We gotta So how am I figure this out? How am I gonna get a blizzard that early? <laughs> Man, I don't know. That's actually a good question. Something I asked myself <laughs> many days. <laughs> oh, so man. but uh I don't think we need to do a complete raw recap, but there's one thing that definitely stood out to me this week. Big time conflict of of interest or fanhood. Is that a word? Sure. Whenever Elias is doing his bit, he's talking back and forth with Mick Foley, who is not looking well. What's he he doing with his hair? That's, I mean, if he just had a normal haircut, like he's got like a grandmother perm. Did he? Did he? Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, man, it's it's. I was obviously a huge Mick Foley fan back in the day. I've actually read all his books. If you. Want that side knowledge, but yeah. man, it's hard to watch him these days. Like he's just, and you knew like the stuff he was doing was gonna have an effect later in life. Like yeah. you can't take that many bumps and unprotected chair shots to the head without having problems. But man, yeah, he did not look good. Did he decide not to have very many teeth, or yeah, they involuntary. They got because at Hell in a Cell, the fam- infamous one, didn't one of them get like pushed up into his si- sinus cavity? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He had one up his nose for sure. 
But yeah, my two favorite wrestlers on Raw ended up in the ring against each other. So one thing I just noted this one thing that Elias said to Mick Foley that stuck out to me. He like, you know, going back and forth bantering and he goes, Hey, Mick, you may not be able to believe this, but I was once a child. <laughs> And when I was, he was like a big fan or whatever. I'm like, well, he claimed he was there. So I wonder if that's a yeah, true story. I don't know. It's like the Kenny Rogers perfect game. Everybody, Everybody says there. they were there. Everybody was sitting in the front row that night. I was not conflicted at all in that match. Yeah, I know. But when I when Mick Foley said, "Well, they've given me the power to whatever to arrange one match tonight, and it's going to be you against this guy," and then the music kicked in, and I'm like, ah. You immediately got the split jersey out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the half guitar. Half rainbow. And I, I knew Elias was going to take the fall. Yeah. They, I was like, they're not going to have Balor lose no, every they, single week. They had, to, they had to give him a win to keep some semblance of credibility as they're slowly trying to ruin his career to further that of Roman and Braun. But they made, made many mentions of, hey, Elias... You got quite a future here. No doubt you'll be a universal title yeah, holder no, Mick, one day. Mick Foley was, and apparently that's not that's not necessarily a, a line either. I think there's a lot of the guys think that he's got that potential. So, and it's good. And they didn't, you know, I think the way they beat him gives him some credibility is just being like, oh, I can't believe that happened instead of like getting coup de grade one, two, three in the middle. <laughs> right. I'll tell you another. You Which might... Finn could clearly do to anybody. <laughs> You want to hear another point, anti-Balor point? I'm sure you got plenty. And Tommy can agree with this. What's one of the cardinal things, cardinal rules you don't do in wrestling as a performer? Um, like as a as a being a being a good teammate to your fellow performers. One thing you don't do. I don't know, drop them on their head? You don't steal someone's finish and use it as just a normal move in your match. And Balor's sling blade is the zigzag. Uh, I'm going to let y'all battle this out. Eh, I don't know. I think the sling blade's one of the more underwhelming moves performed. Doesn't Jeff Hardy do that too? No. No? What does he do? He does. It's similar. Oh, okay. What's it called? I don't remember what it's called. I don't remember either. But you can't take the zigzag <laughs> and use it. Hey, man, I'm a big fan of the ziggle wiggle. I just want you to know. <laughs> Do you guys have your uh, attire picked out for Monday? Because my, I'm happy to report that my shirt has arrived, and it is amazing, and I will be wearing it Monday at Raw. I will be the mower of lawns. Yeah. I'm gonna go shirtless. Nice, Balor Demon Paint. <laughs> My son's got his Shield T-shirt. After My, all that, he's well. I guess it's raw, so he's not gonna wear the Styles gloves. Well, he's wearing the gloves. He asked me if that was okay, and I said absolutely. Oh, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and then my wife uh, has the Balor Club. So I think uh, I think Monday night will start off with three men walking out. Wearing their belts. And it's going to be Zig, Drew, and Braun. <laughs> I like it. I'm afraid you're right. I'm afraid you're right. I think that's what's going to happen. I think, And I think what's going to happen is we're going to 
They're going to have all the belts. I don't know if they're going to have an actual, you know... I think they're just going to have a triple threat with them against the Shield on Monday. That's what I think is going to happen. That's going to be the main event Monday. That'd be pretty awesome. That and The Undertaker. That'd be pretty strong. When I looked at the Ticketmaster site yesterday, it said scheduled to appear Ronda Rousey and Elias. So we know we're going to get treated to both of those two. Because last time we went to Raw, Elias was there, but it was non-televised. Yeah, and it was great, but non-televised. It was during the Mower of Lawn match. <laughs> oh, it was? Yeah. Yeah, that was before I was in on the Mower of Lawns. <laughs> that was when I was so confused as to why are they out like at, at this barn? What What is happening? Why are they not doing it here? They have the ring here. Oh, man. I've since adopted and forced Matt Hardy into retirement. <laughs> Sorry, pal. It's all right. He's going to get the royalties on that shirt, though. He's yeah. Doing, he's doing just fine. He's going to get that four cents. <laughs> Actually, it's going to be like one cent since I paid $5 for it. <laughs> so, you did some research for fantasy football? Yeah, I guess we can go into the fantasy sports corner here for a little while. What did we learn from week one? What happened to everybody? Well, Drew Brees threw 400 yards at home, so thank you for that. But we all got Fitz magicked. Yeah, but Brees was not the reason I didn't have a good weekend. The reason I didn't have a good weekend was Leonard Fournette getting hurt almost immediately in that game, and I think I had him in every single lineup. Yeah, I oh, think he stacked. That killed me because I spent – you know, whatever it was, $8,800 on his four points. Yeah. And that was real hard to overcome, especially when there was some uh, running backs, including one in the Saints game uh, that had really big numbers. And Camara. I didn't, yeah, I didn't yeah. get any piece of it. Yeah, I had all kinds of lineups with two to three Saints players in it. But what I had them paired with, I think mainly uh, David Johnson was my big this guy's going off for 200 yards play and he i think he struggled to get 10 points <laughs> and he total. may not even play this week uh that's true so but also my theory that i think i've shared in in past years on the podcast is i think week 1 of the NFL like more than any sport is is the least indicative of future results I like agree it, with that. There's always these weird anomalies that maybe there's just so much more focus on the first week than on, you know, week five or week 12. But like Tampa Bay is not a good football team, and Ryan Fitzpatrick is still terrible. And he's, I mean, he's not going to do that again. No. That, and there's probably going to be a lot of people playing him this week. And in my opinion, that is a tremendous mistake. So you're going all in on Pat Mahomes? Is that what you're telling us? Well, actually, some of it's just more the same because where does Drew, Drew Brees play this Sunday? Well, I believe he plays at home. He plays at home against the Brownies. Oh, mm-hmm. I don't know. We're locking in. I don't know. We're locking in, Brees. 100% ownership? No, but and don't expect 400 yards and four touchdowns again. But three hundred plus and a couple, yeah, I think you're, I think you're good to go. And you know, if you're running one lineup with him, I think you would probably put Kamara and Michael Thomas with him. If you got several lineups, I just mix and match who maybe you have. 
paired with him. But maybe steer clear of the Saints defense this time. Funny you mentioned that. They're not as low priced as I hoped. Even after giving up 8,000 yards in the first week. Nobody's going to play him. Except for this guy right here. <laughs> it's a it's a good contrarian pick that also is the weird mix of is a solid pick because we all know they underperformed in week one. And well, the, and, and how can you say contrarian going against the Browns too, but it is. That is the, yeah, but because people are high on the but Browns right they now. They have to be the worst ranked defense in the league right now after no last doubt. week. So but you're they, picking the worst defense in the league against the Browns in a, it's like picking the opposing pitcher in Coors, but we're doing it. Yeah, the thing is though, that's a tough environment to play in. It's still the Browns. And the Saints have actually done this three years in a row now. They've just gotten lit up in the first week. And then their their defense last year was actually really good. So I will be rolling them out in some lineups because I imagine the ownership is going to be pretty pretty low because everybody's – exactly what you just said earlier. The best thing you can do is everybody gets high on some team because they blew up the Bills for 47 points. But that – that's not going to keep happening. So, right. um, it's a week to week league. But yeah, I'm I'm high on Breeze. I think next in line would be Roethlisberger at home against the Chiefs, who also had a bad a bad week yep. last week. Um, I really think that Steelers Chiefs game altogether could definitely shoot out. I was actually going to say I think the if you I'm going to at least throw in a few entries with Roethlisberger and receivers on Pitt and Casey and try to get that yeah that high flying game where you just get everything yeah. just throwing it so yeah that's a, that's a good that's a game I'm targeting for that I mean that's how you can win a huge tournament I mean if you if you basically just stacked with Fitzpatrick last week as a quarterback and you had him and a couple of his receivers and then you had Kamara and Thomas yeah and then you could have just gone chalk with the Ravens defense, and you probably would have had enough salary for one other random guy. And if that guy goes off too, you You're can beat it down. you can beat half a million people. Yeah, but you just have to find that game, and you've got to fit it all perfectly. And that's the mm-hmm. that's the even greater challenge. But I mean, I like that game. I actually, even though I just said, "Hey, play the, the New Orleans defense and all that," I will definitely have at least one Cleveland stack of two or three guys and I might just stack up that game just in case it's not going to be 48 to 40 again but they could put up 60 or 65 points definitely between the two of them so um other things to watch out for or you know for some reason I just had this is just my feeling if you want to join me on this train you're just throwing money up in the sky (laughs) but the team I think could just offensively defensively could just pull what the Ravens did on the Bills. I think the Redskins might beat the Colts like 41 to 6. I just got a feeling. It's interesting. It's interesting. So we're going to we'll lock and load Alex Smith, Peterson, at least one of the receivers and probably the Redskins D and just in one lineup and just see what it leaves what's left salary-wise to to fit in with that. I think um some other guys, we look silly if we didn't play uh, James Conner, the running back. Yep, and he's from, gonna from get, the Steelers. He's going to get 100% of the 
action and still be a reasonable price, I'm hoping. Yeah, they didn't price him up too much. So, I mean, he's you're locking him into most lineups. Kamara uh, is really expensive. I mean, I'm going to play him in a couple yeah. paired with Breeze, but you're paying a lot. And yeah. no matter how good somebody is, they're not doing that every single week. Yeah. It and just cripples your bankroll. So, like, you basically have to hit on three huge value upswings yeah. in the other positions. I need a good resource for sleeper tight ends because I always find myself with no money well, in trying to find a tight end sleeper. Well, it's funny you mentioned that. <laughs> so uh, Greg Olson broke his foot, the Panthers tight okay, end. Okay, I was going to say, because you, if your hot pick was Greg Olson, I've got bad no. news for Okay. <laughs> no. But uh, his backup is a guy named Ian Thomas. He's almost minimum price. And he got... Some decent run, I think, in the And in I the think Carolina is a, a bounce-back candidate, too, because Cam didn't necessarily have uh, a great game. Yeah. Um, Ian Thomas, let's see here. I'm going to... But I don't think this is a guy that's just going to bust out. But, I mean, if you... Right, so, but he's but he's starting, and he'll be the primary tight end yeah. target, and he's $2,900. Four, so. rece- four receptions, 40 yards, and maybe maybe you luck out and get a touchdown. That's good value. Absolutely. Oh, if you, get a, if you get a touchdown, then... Yeah. Jeez, I'd be shooting fireworks off. But I, you mentioned Fournette earlier. I would – this is just, again, just my personal opinion. I just don't think he's a very good player. I would, TJ Yeldon, if he starts for the Jaguars, I, I won't have any part of that at all because I just don't think he's you just any don't, good. Don't, you're, you just don't buy it. No. I don't think it's worth it, and there are plays that are similarly priced that are a lot higher ceiling. Um the top end running backs, I think because a lot of people are going to be on Camara, it's probably an easy week to get Todd Gurley at lower owner, lower ownership than normal. I wish he's, he was actually he's still a he's still a pretty high. I know. Price. I wish he was higher than Camara because then I think you could really get him low. But um, Christian McCaffrey, I think he'll be a lot better this week. Look at the injury report because if Devontae Freeman's out for the Falcons, then Tevin Coleman's going to get all the snaps there. Um, I'm going back to Deshaun Watson this week. He was terrible against the Patriots, but I'm going back there. Pair him up with one of their receivers. Um, Hopkins is the easiest choice, but uh, if Will Fuller is playing, they're playing Tennessee, and Tennessee's secondary is they're the opposite of good. Like the Dolphins' receivers just running all all over them all past him uh last sunday so i think the texans will be able to throw vertical plenty i mean and you've got the top end guys like antonio brown you're gonna want to play in some lineups um i like the eagles a lot against the buccaneers but i wouldn't stack their offense but maybe one of their receivers is a nice just one off for a lineup um james white for the patriots they're going against a tough defense but it looks like one or two of their other running backs are going to be hurt. Well, I think Burkhead's in the concussion yeah. protocol, so that's not ideal. And, you know, in, in the red zone, Brady loves to dump it down to White. He caught a touchdown this past Sunday, mm-hmm. and he's pretty he's pretty cheap. So, I don't know. That gives us, you know, some ideas of some guys that we're looking at this week. And then I'm looking at the games, I think, that could really go off both sides or – the Chiefs and the Steelers, the Browns and the Saints, and the Lions and the 49ers. 
I don't think the, the Lions have much on defense, but I also don't think the Lions are really near that bad offensively. And well, Stafford had a terrible game. Yeah, and again... And that's that's probably not going to happen two weeks in a row. No, and I'm not going heavy on Lions or anything, but I'll have at least one because no one is going to play Matt Stafford after he just threw... Four interceptions. Yeah, so I think I think they're for a big contest. Then we've got a, we've got several different targets of options if we're going to diversify of people that should be low owned in value just in their low ownership. Not necessarily that their price is down ridiculous, but right valuable because people are going to be gun shy. But I'm telling you, man, going back to this even this Bengals game, it's just such a week to week league. You can't put too much stock in what happens one week over the next because it man it is night and day and if you've got good talented people and you feel like you're getting a little bit of a value take the shot yeah and i was looking i don't know if there's that many games i would just completely avoid i mean i think people are going to be jumping all over the chargers defense but they're going up to buffalo and the chargers are one of those teams that every time they're in a situation that looks perfect (laughs) they almost always disappoint so yeah, I don't know. That's one, you know, think about it and pray about it for a while. But <laughs> I think the only game I want no part of whatsoever is the the Dolphins going to New York to play the Jets. I feel like, and after this go, comes out and after the weekend, I'm sure the game will end up being like 40 to 37. <laughs> but I feel like that's the game. You can apologize in advance. That's the game that's the, the most likely candidate to be like all field goals. Yep. They just end up 12 to 9. Yep. I mean, maybe throw the Jets defense out there. Or, I mean, he could go either way because, I mean, Darnold's still a rookie. But that's a game offensively I'm not considering anyone. And if one team goes off for 40, then whoever played them, they're more than welcome to cash in their money because they deserved it. So, yeah. So, go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to take us down a slightly different path. But if you have more than – No, no, no. I was going to say just by position that I'll be the heaviest at quarterback on Breeze again, probably with Roethlisberger like right behind him. Um, I think Connor and Gurley – Man, running back, there's a lot of them. I think Connor Gurley, McCaffrey, Melvin Gordon, with James White is probably my favorite cheap option at running back. Um, Julio Jones always tears up the Panthers. He's probably going to be pretty heavily owned. but That could be another situation where they show a little bit more. There's a history there where he just kills them. Um, Saints receivers... Uh, Mike Wallace for the Eagles is another cheap guy, but I mean that's going to be boomer bust. You're going to get nothing, or he's going to catch like a 70 yard touchdown. Yeah. There's going to be nothing in between. And uh, yeah, defensive wise, I think my three that I'm going to play the most are going to be the Eagles, the Texans, and the Saints. And there you have it. Getting back on that Saints bandwagon. It's going to happen. So uh, I'm down to the second week of the $250,000 Survivor League. Oh, this I'm I cannot, glad you brought this up. I cannot up. pick the Rams because I picked them this week. Everybody that picked New Orleans is now out, so that that's in- exciting for me. That includes two-thirds of the podcast. <laughs> yes. So I am going to go against everything I just said, which is don't believe what happened last week. And I'm going to believe that the Cowboys are not a good team, and I believe the Giants are a good team, and I'm taking the Giants over the boys. Man, this is 
It's ballsy. It is. I feel like sometimes you can get in trouble making those really obvious, quote-unquote obvious plays the first few weeks, as everybody who picked New Orleans can attest. Man, and that wasn't the... I still think Baltimore, not just because it ended up being 47-3, to just because Buffalo was starting the worst quarterback that's been in the NFL and started and I don't know how long. Like, that seemed like the easiest one, but I was also like, eh, maybe I want to save them for later in the season and not use them up now. But um, I've not done – and this was free, so, you know, who cares? I don't have anything invested in it. I've not done a survivor last man standing league or pool in like 10 years because I did two of them before for money. Mm-hmm. And I can still remember the games. One of them, <laughs> I had the Patriots the first week, but it was the season that Tom Brady got his, blew his knee out like the first drive of the game. The Matt Castle season? Yes. And then the next one, it was... It, it was the Colts at home against, I think, the Bears. And both of them, like, they were more than 10-point favorites. And I lost in the first week. And I said, I'm never doing one of these again. Until a free one comes along. And I'm like, hey, let's just go with the Saints. That's easy. <laughs> so I've never made it through a week in a, in a Survivor <laughs> League before in my entire life. Point, point Break Dave ran one last year for money, and I was it the second or third week? It was it was over so fast that we were debating just starting another one. It oh, was yeah. over so fast. It was ridiculous. It was like the same thing. It was like there was two games that were so obvious that everyone picked one of the two teams, and they both lost. So frustrating. You want to hear, since we covered NFL, you want to hear a quick college football betting story? Sure. Let's go. So I uh, I have a bet tracker app called Sports Action. I think it's maybe. a good app. Yeah, I love it's that. It's no, app. it's no bet, bud. It's getting close. They're, it's getting they're better, doing though. a good job. They've made a lot of improvements in the last twelve months on that app. But the way uh, the way I like to do things is, you know, I start doing my little handicapping research, and I'll go in and plug in picks in that app. I haven't made them yet. They're just kind of like placeholders. Like, these are the games I want. And then Saturday morning, you know, I'll go and make sure nothing's crazy happened. And I'll actually put your money where you're. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I had five college games. Actually, I had six, but I, I scratched one of them. So I end up Saturday morning. I'm like, yeah, I'm still good with all these. Make them all. And then I'm like, hey, as I tend to do on occasion. Just throw all five in a parlay, too. They're all single games. Just throw Man, them all in the parlay. You must hate money. So things are looking good. The early games, you know, are, are on track. I have the, Can you even remember what you bet? Yeah, I have them in my phone. But the important game was I have the over in the Bama game. Okay. And it's 64 and a half. So I'm kind of checking and you, and my... And you need Bama to score 63 of those, Exactly. Probably. I'm kind of checking my tracker app. I don't know if you guys were watching that game. I was but not. But there was two extra points missed. There was a extremely short field goal missed in the fourth quarter. As the game's just sitting at 63. <laughs> like, any score is good. A right. safety is good. Are you? And you're following this. And I'm following this. Okay. And I'm, like, winning my other games along the way. They're all on track. And 
it sits at 63 and it doesn't go over. And I hit the other four games. Oh. And then trash. I'm mad, but you know, I'm still a profitable day because I went four and one, but I lost the Bama game and the parlay. Oh, and I open up the uh, betting service I use. And there's a fair amount more money than I was expecting in there. Because when I placed the bet, it was 62 and a half. So I hit it and hit the five-team parlay. Well, well, well. Didn't you send this to us? Didn't it? Do you want to share how much it paid? Or I mean, is, it was, is that it private was, information? Is that a HIPAA for, violation? I think it was three or $400. But it was like a, it was like ten, a $10 bet. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to say no to that. Always worth it. Always worth a shot. I'm not going to say no to that. I mean, all you got to do is hit one of those one out of every 30 weeks of football and you break even. (laughs) It's math, guys. It's all math. Simple, simple math. All of nature's beauty. Smell the flowers in the air. Or feel the wind blow through your hair. Follow animal tracks where they go Over river where it flows There's so much to explore When you're outside We can walk